0: Well, how are y'all feeling today? Are you live? You good? Come on, you glad to be in church? Yeah, I love it. Woo, brother Ricky's here. Hey, send our love to Lancaster. If you're watching this Monday night or online or someone shared this with you, it's great to, to connect with you today. Hey, we are wrapping up a series today called Coexist, and it's around this cultural concept today that's been really popular, which is really to say that If we, like, believe different and think different and look different, is there a world where we can get along, where we can coexist even though we're so different from each other? And I love the concept behind it. I love the sense of harmony and peace um, behind it. But I also recognize that it presents a lot of challenges, especially in a culture that is continually, like, pushing out God or faith. And so if you're a person of faith, that's why we're talking about this, then you're in a tension. You're in a place that can be kind of challenging when it comes to the idea of coexist, okay? And today, as we kind of wrap this series up, I just want to say that maybe this this group of talks have have kind of been maybe a little bit less of, of traditional sermons and maybe a little bit more of just conversation starters. My goal has been to get you to begin to To think differently about how to have a conversation with somebody that might think different than you. I I wanted to start that. And so I would say, listen, they aren't really messages sometimes that these have been even maybe more so, I I would say lengthy TED Talks. You ever seen TED Talks? Like these are a little bit longer. Today is going to be another lengthy TED Talk. Now, Some of you are saying, can we get back to, you know, a sermon from the Bible? I really come to church for that, not to hear your TED Talks. Okay, cool. Next week, we're getting to a series that's about relationships, and it's going to be impactful if you're dating, single, married, want to get married someday. And and so I encourage you to come back for that next week, all right? Even if you don't believe in God, I believe there's still incredible wisdom and stuff that we're going to share that can help you in your relationships, Okay. But this week, as we close out the series, I, I want to talk about uh, what has kind of felt like a feud. I, I want to talk about something that has kind of been, there's like a chasm, it feels like. Uh, I'm talking about this long-standing, almost kind of competition or challenge between the world of faith and the world of science. Faith and science, the, it feels like they're on opposite ends of the spectrum always at each other there's no kind of peace or harmony either you're somebody who has faith or you're somebody who's got science and it doesn't seem there's any ground in between and i want to talk about that because we live in a culture that is really moving very quickly in a direction of saying hey i think science can prove what you've been believing all along it's going to put you if you got faith in a kind of an interesting situation Uh, Position, And so I want to talk about, can the two coexist? I want us to recognize something, though, that the way in which we view this life is affected by the glasses that we wear. Let me explain, because some of you look confused that don't wear glasses. How many of you wear glasses or contacts? Raise your hand, hold up high. Okay, there's a lot of people in Lithopolis, I'm sure Lancaster, uh, eyes messed up, and you don't get it. I, I have, I've been wearing these last couple weeks, okay, some of you probably been like, what is up with him, does he think he looks smarter because he's got glasses on a little bit but that's not it, okay, I need you to understand I, I've been wearing these because I need to wear them see, a lot of you didn't know that because I wear contacts, and so you wear contacts all the time, So I've had so many people come up and they're like, are those real I'm like, here, try, i like, you know, are those, those fake glasses, I'm like, no, these are real, I don't wear vanity glasses like Pastor Rick does, that's that's his thing, okay? If you ever see him wearing glasses, they're fake. All right, I'm just saying, these are real. I wear them because I need to wear them now. I'm not just been wearing them because they make me look smarter, but uh, I've been wearing them because I'm preparing for a procedure that I'm having this week LASIK eye surgery. Is anybody here that's had it? Raise your hand. Can you come and encourage me afterwards? Because I'm a little—I got to be honest with you—I'm a little nervous. I, I've been so excited about doing this for a long time. And, uh, and then this past week, one of my staff members showed me a YouTube video of someone getting LASIK done up close on the eye, and it was like, oh, I don't know about that. And so I've been freaking out just a little bit, okay? And so I'm, I'm telling you for a couple reasons, okay? I, I, I'm telling you because next week when you come to church and I'm preaching, I need you to understand, like, because some people might look at me in Lancaster. You might see me blown up on a big screen, or you're watching, you're like, is he high? Like, what's wrong with his eyes? I'm not smoking anything. I just need you to know that my eyes look a little weird, okay? And, and, and uh, I hope, like, we, you come to church next week, you're going to see me. I hope I can see you, all right? That's, that's the goal next week. Um, but here's the thing I was thinking about, because I've been wearing these glasses, and I normally wear contact lenses, so it's, it's been different. I'm thinking about how, how it changes how you view the world, like when your your eyesight is off, when you can't see clearly, when when everything gets a little blurry or it's a little confusing and it, and it doesn't make sense and you can't really make out everything with clarity, you need glasses. And so when when somebody gives you something that fixes your prescription, all of a sudden, you through that lens, you can now see. With clarity, people that don't wear glasses don't know. My wife, she's never needed glasses. And so when we go to the eye doctor, she can't even fathom why I can't read the eye chart. What's wrong with you? I don't get it. And it's because of the lens that we look through. Listen, the lens you look through determines how you see the world. What what I'm trying to say, and I think this is a great metaphor for life is that the way you view the world has a lot to do with the glasses that you've been given or the lens that you wear so in other words if you're a person of faith let me just say this probably somebody at some point handed you some glasses at some point a a church a sunday school a pastor a parent um, they handed you and they said here wear these this is how you can see the world and and so you view the world through the lens of faith, and it's exciting, and it's amazing, and you see things even in science that others can't see. But if you're also, or maybe you're a person that wasn't given that lens, maybe you were given a different pair of glasses. Someone gave it you. someone at school, a teacher, a professor, a textbook gave you a pair of glasses. That doesn't have any option. In other words, it's filtering out any option for God. If that's your lens, then you might see something completely different when you look at our world. And it's because of that that we have found that so often it feels like faith and science can't coexist. People of science wearing those lenses say, if you're a person of faith, you are being misled. And if you're a person of faith, you're saying, yeah, but your science is incomplete. And so we find ourselves vastly apart from each other. And I want to answer. I'm not going to try to answer. Like, if you came today thinking, all right, pastor, give me the one revelation that is going to put an end to this debate. It is not going to happen. This has been going on for hundreds of years, and as I was studying and I'm trying to mine things out to like, help you be able to see through a lens, I discovered that is a deep well you can get lost in. And so I want to just kind of back it all up. Maybe it's going to be too simple, maybe a little bit intellectual, maybe it's not going to be your thing, and so if that's the case, come back next week. But I, I want to try to answer this question, how do the two coexist? How does faith and science can they coexist, and I would argue that maybe the problem is that we're asking the wrong question. Maybe we shouldn't be putting faith against science. Like why do we do that? I see, I look at science, science is not out to prove the existence of God. You cannot use science to prove the existence of God. it won 't work. And oh by the way, faith is not out to prove the existence of God. that's not what faith is for neither of them and so we come from a world where we're pitting them against each other and i'll tell you why it's because for the longest time people of faith or religion have believed one way and people that don't have believed another way but if you were here last week for my message you know that something shifted in our culture where from the world of science and even atheism or agnosticism or or nuns are saying wait a minute but i think if you're a person of faith you might be part of the problem there's a problem with your glasses and that's the problem and so we find ourselves whether we like it or not in this very great tension of faith and science here's my opinion i know this opinion i believe there is a world where faith and science can coexist i believe that i absolutely do but it only comes about When you come, when you can embrace or it comes down to one underlying assumption, I didn't say a belief, I didn't say a system of beliefs, I didn't say a religion, I said one underlying basic assumption that I'm going to talk to you about today. Now, I know if you're like, because some of you might have come to church and you're like, I'm going to hear this and what he's going to say and you're a science person and you're like, I'm not sure I believe in God and, and you'd say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I don't do assumptions, we do science. Science does, we deal in fact, we deal in, in study, and in observation, and hypothesize, and then conclusions, and repetition, and it's got to, like, that's, I only believe what I can prove in science. Let me just tell you something about your science. Your entire world of science is built on some assumptions. Did you know that science is based on assumptions? There's a basic assumption That it cannot be proven in the world of science that every theory is built upon. And that is this, that everything that happens in our world is a result of a natural cause. That's an assumption that cannot be proven that science builds upon. And oh, by the way, if you're a person of faith, you got some assumptions too. Because you know what we believe? If you've got a person of faith, you believe and have an assumption that everything that happens in this world that can't be explained... Could be the result of a supernatural cause, also an assumption that can't be proven. So, I just want us all to recognize something whatever world you're from, and I'm faith and I'm a science person, we have assumptions that we take. I'm not even saying belief systems, I'm saying an assumption. So, I got one basic assumption that if you want a world where faith and science actually work together, it's this one assumption, and that is the existence of a creator. The existence of a creator. That's the underlying assumption. If you can get to a place where you can say, assi- I can assume the existence of a creator, then faith and science can merge together. Now, here's the thing. I know some of you might be looking at me and going, wait a minute. I think that's your faith bias talking. Hold on, hold on. You got your faith glasses on. That's why, why should I hold that assumption? Now, listen, I-, I will own this. Yeah, I got-, I got some glasses on. I've got some faith glasses on. But can I tell you this? The reason why I believe that is not just because I'm biased against science, but because science is showing me or pointing to that assumption. Science points to that assumption. I'm going to show you that today. You say, wait a minute, but I'm not religious, and I'm not this one, so why should I have to hold that assumption? That sounds like a a religious, faith-oriented assumption, and I'm not a religious person. Well, see, I, I would just argue you need to recognize something. You got some glasses on, too. You're wearing some glasses. When you have glasses on that filter out any option for a God, if you come from an approach that says, wait a minute, I've got science that tells me there's no God. What I would say is actually it's the lens that you're wearing is not giving you the possibility to believe in a God. So let's just approach this. We got, we, we, we got some glasses on, right? But here's the thing, and here's the biggest challenge, is everything in science, and even scientists will tell you, seems to point to an assumption that there is a god i know that's my opinion i know but let me show you why i believe that because when you talk to astronomers astrophysicists scientists cosmologists they they all have come to observe in our universe and come to a conclusion about its origin the beginning right you got to go to the beginning sometimes The origin of our universe. Do you know what what conclusion? I'm not talking about, listen, I'm not talking about theologians. I'm not talking about Bible scholars. I'm I'm talking about scientists. you know what they have concluded by studying the universe? Here's what they've determined. That the entire expansive, still expanding and unfolding universe actually has come from a single moment and sudden moment in time. In other words, there was a a single point, a single and sudden moment where there was no universe, time, matter, space. And then all of a sudden, we have a universe, and we have time, and we have matter, and we have space. Now listen, this is what scientists say, and if you grew up going to a public school, you were probably given a textbook that gave an answer for this, or a title for it, often known as the Big Bang Theory. There was nothing and then there was something, and we have everything that it was there, but it, it was just came from. And this is what they have observed in our universe. Now let me say something. Finally, something people of faith and science can agree on. We can agree on that. What do you mean? What do you mean? I was always told that if I grew up in church, they said there was no big bang there. No, no, hold on, hold on. We can agree. That our entire universe came from a single moment, a sudden moment. We can agree on that. We absolutely can. Now, here's the thing. If you're wearing glasses that leave no room for God, then based on your science and study, here is your only conclusion. Tell me if you feel like it's logical. But this is the only conclusion. You have to believe that something came from nothing something came from nothing that is the only conclusion you can have if there is no god something like what started the universe i don't know because that's before time matter and space and we can't even talk about that construct wait 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 wait, wait. there you live in a world here's science here's the world everything is cause and effect we believe this and we operate in our entire universe under this basic law and yet you're telling me nothing caused it hold on i'm confused confused which is it something came from but this is your only belief that now they've come up with different ideas and theories now the latest one is there's a singularity thing if you ever heard about this there's like maybe the whole universe was compressed into the single small little i don't know almost like a cube a box or something and then all of a sudden it just opened up and black hole or something happened and the universe is still rapidly expanding we have stars planets all this matter time all these laws of physics from the singular thing and i would ask yeah, but where did that thing come from? We still got a problem here. Now, I've been talking about a couple, a couple people in this kind of world of science in the last couple of weeks. A guy named Richard Dawkins. I talked about him last week. He's an atheist who's a, bio, uh, a biologist. He's an evolutionary biologist. And uh, Richard Dawkins had something to say about cosmology. Now, this is, I'm not talking about a Christian. I'm talking about an atheist who says, there, they got, he's got lenses on that says there's no God. Here's what he says, because scientists are kind of stumped when it comes to the origin of the universe. They are. And and he he gave us this quote. Here's what he said. Cosmology is waiting on its Darwin. Cosmology, that's the study of the origin of the universe, okay? Cosmology is waiting on its Darwin. In other words, yeah, we know that this doesn't work and make sense, but we're waiting for someone like Darwin. Y'all heard of Darwin? How many of you ever heard of Darwin? Raise your hand. Come on, if you've been to school, you should know who Charles Darwin is, right? If you've taken any science class. You should know. He says, we're waiting on our Darwin. Darwin came along in the 1800s. Charles Darwin, okay, he, he proposed this idea of an explanation, not of the universe, but of humans, of about, of the species, you know. And, and, and he says, we're waiting for someone to give us an explanation of how the universe came about without God. We're figuring out all these other pieces, but until that happens, we're just going to maintain, we don't know. Okay? Now, here's the thing. A lot of scientists today, just like, Darwin is like, he is like your man. If you're a science, science person, then Darwin is like the father of, like, evolution. I mean, this guy... His writing on on the origin of species from the 1800s is literally, like, for many atheists who are scientists, it's their Bible, okay? Like, this is, like, they hold on. As you hear Dawkins talk about Darwin, Darwin's the guy who cracked the code and he gave us an answer, not just how did the origin or the universe begin, not just that, but there's a whole other complex question. How did we get here? Forget the universe, let's just... How did life appear without God? And Darwin came by and through his thoughts and his theories and his methodology and study, he provided an explanation through an evolutionary process. And you probably taught this in school. And I'm not here to say evolution isn't a real thing. I'm not here to say that. And and so he taught about, hey, survival of the fittest. He talked about natural selection, this invisible force that has kind of created what you see Today, this is Darwin. Can can I tell you something about Darwin? Darwin himself, as he presents this theories, Darwin himself writes in his own manuscript, there's some problems with my theory. There's some issues. I got some holes. I got some links. I got some gaps. He said, if we are in this big evolutionary process that he described, that everybody today has just taken his particular words as gospel, It is the method. That's what everybody believes. He says, if if, if we are in a process, an evolutionary tale, where where species are constantly evolving and changing, he said this, and he asked this question, why is it we can't find any species or anything in earth that's in the middle of the evolutionary process? Hmm. You might have to think about that for a moment. Like, why is it that we just have ants we just have flies, and we just have bugs, and we just have cheetahs, and we just have... A, why don't we have this mesh of evolutionary process right in front of us? Scratching his head. That's a, good, that's a good thought. He also said this. He said, and oh, by the way, if this process has been going on for millions and millions and millions of years, he says, why do we not find any evidence of it fossilized in our earth? It's not a great question. I I don't know, this isn't, listen, I didn't come up with this. I'm telling you what Darwin said. This is the guy that Richard Dawkins and other ones are going, we're waiting for the Darwin to come along to answer the origin of the universe. I don't think Darwin accurately answered the origin of life. There's missing links, there's gaps, there's problems. Now, I'm not saying what he said wasn't true, but there's problems that we haven't, oh, by the way, in the last 150 years, we haven't got any closer to figuring out. That hasn't happened. So listen, when it, when it comes to life, you need to understand this. When, I'm just talking about science. I know some of you are like, I hated science. This is hell. Why are we talking about science, okay? Listen, we'll get to something different next week, but there's some people sitting next to you that are like nerds, and they're like, oh, my gosh, so great. Thank you, Pastor. So I'm just trying to one week out of like, okay, a decade for them, all right? Just be patient. And so here's the thing. If you're somebody who's wearing lenses – That says there is no option for God as you look at life here's the conclusion you're left with and that is that first life emerged from no life with no help first life first living thing emerged from no life with absolutely no hope no designer no creator no God no involvement no help first life had to emerge from no life with no help now that presents some really, really big challenges. Like, in other words, here's what biologists, evolutionists, here's what scientists, and these people are incredibly smart, and they study all this stuff, and they know way more than I do, but here is their conclusion. Their conclusion is this, that basic amino acids, a substance in our universe, had to somehow mysteriously Pulled together, sitting in a pool over time, and developed into proteins, and those proteins eventually developed into a living single cell. This is the evolutionary process. This is the answer. This is just an answer for the life that we have today with no God. Here's the challenge, okay? Here's the problem with this. Within one, I didn't say your body, I didn't say your, in one living cell, there are more moving parts than what you find on a jetliner. To go from amino acids to a single cell, I did not say a human. I did not say someone with a brain. I did not say someone with detailed complex systems, respiratory systems, and all these systems. I didn't say, I said one, let me say, it is so incredibly complex that it seems insane that it could happen, but maybe it did. Maybe it happened randomly. There were a couple scientists who, who uh, sought out to figure out the basic probability that amino acids, okay, these, these substance, could form into a living cell. They wanted to figure out the basic problem, because that's what you do in science. We learn probability, and we figure, okay, there's, here's how, and here's what these two scientists determined. They determined there is a less than 1 in 10 to the 40,000th power chance that that could happen. Y- you don't understand what I'm saying, do you? Okay, you're like, so it's like, say Mods is winning the lotto? No, 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 you could win the lotto about a million times every day before this would happen. This is one with a ten, uh, one with forty thousand 000 zeros after. That's the probability that random acids come together to form proteins that eventually form a single cell. I did not say a human. I did not say a dog. I did not say an animal. I did not say a fish. I did not say. I said a single cell. Wow. Here, here's the thing. If you go, yeah, what's the big deal? Like, that's awesome. Here's what I, I just. This is just an odd thing that I thought about. If you're a science person who's like, I do not believe in God. This is my God. Like, I mean, I wear the lens and it's like, yep, that happened. I just realized something. You could never believe in extraterrestrial life. Because the odds of that happening twice in our universe are astronomical. So if you ever meet an atheist who's like, yeah, I believe in aliens. No, you don't. You can't. It's not even possible, right? We would look at that and say, that's not probable And not possible and we've come to assumptions in science all the time now that guy richard dawkins that i was talking about he is an evolutionist he's a biology major okay this guy wrote a book called the god delusion i mentioned that last week where he's literally trying to pick apart religion faith and in this writing he, he there's a quote that i came across that when i heard this quote i was like this is hilarious I I literally heard this. This is not, this is him talking about his belief about the beginning of life. And when you hear this, and I'm going to read it to you, and it's a little bit lengthy, but I want you to kind of process it. You think, is he making fun of what he believes? That's the way it sounds. Listen to what Richard Dawkins says. This is from the God delusion. And this is his quote. And again, it's a little lengthy, but put your thinking cap on. You need to kind of go there. He said this, think about it. That on one planet, and possibly only one planet in the entire universe, that's why I said you can't believe in extraterrestrial life. See, if you're a person of faith, you can believe in aliens. Hello. Like, ah, that's awesome. He said, molecules that would normally make nothing more complicated than a chunk of rock, they gather themselves together into chunks of rock-sized matter of such staggering complexity that they're capable of running, jumping, swimming, flying, seeing, hearing, capturing, and eating other such animated chunks of complexity, capable in some cases of thinking and feeling and falling in love with yet other chunks of complex matter. Now we essentially understand how the trick is done. Did I lose you on that? Hold on, hold on. This, this is what Richard Dawkins said, the biologist. He said, Oh, okay, natural selection. Now we see how it works. The, the, the randomness of chunk like matter that's like could just come together and form not just a single cell, but those of us who feel and love and think and invent and create. He's, he, he's, he's saying it. And I'm reading it. Are you making fun of what you believe? And I don't think he is. I think he's kind of stepping back in amazement and going, wow, can you believe the odds that this happened? And I would say, no, I can't believe the odds that this would happen. What I'm saying is I just wanted to show you this because some of people are coming to science with lens on that says there is no God. And because of that, they can see one thing that all of us, if you have faith, that you look at and go, it's saying there's a God. But it's the lens that you wear. It's the lens. I would say, when I look at science, is that everything in our nature, in our universe, in our world, in the cells, everything is pointing to and is screaming, there's a creator. Some people can't see it because of the glasses that they're wearing i understand i understand i want to say this we see the stamp of the creator in everything around us you don't have to go to church you studied science if you have the right glasses on you'll come to that assumption we see it in the order of nature the way it works the way it just all works and in, in in the the, the complexity of our universe and the perfect location for our earth so that it can sustain life in the way it just sits and orbits around the sun can you believe it or the boundaries for the oceans or the complexity that is within us I went to the eye doctor who's preparing me for this and I'm looking and reading about the eye and it is one of the most incredible marvels. It is not a one cell organism. It's one of the most complex systems that we've ever seen in our lifetime. And I would say to come back and say the probability that it all came together by chance takes far more faith to believe than to believe in a creator. way more faith i guess i'd say i don't have that much faith to make that jump i don't so what i see around me and science continues to point me to is i think there's a creator this one underlying assumption in fact one of the oldest scientists that we think about in church is a guy named david You're like, he wasn't a scientist. Talking about David, the king of Israel. Talking about David, the worship leader, David. Got to play the harp, that David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of a scientist. Because I was reading one of his songs. And it sounds a whole lot like David would spend time observing the world around him. And it seemed to be pointing him in a direction. I wanted to read to you what he said in Psalm 19, verse 4. These are his words. He said this, The heavens proclaim the glory of God the skies display his craftsmanship when you see a gorgeous sunset and it just causes you to pause get out your phone and need to try to capture it though you can David says yeah I see that and I think how can that be chance he says day after day they continue to speak the skies Night after night, they make Him known as the stars come to life. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God doesn't even have to speak to already show us that He's real. God didn't have to reveal himself in that way. He didn't have to show up that some would believe in a person of Jesus. He didn't even have to do that for us to look around and see that, man, there is some order. There's a designer. There's somebody that was behind all of this. You see, science isn't something that I, uh, my faith is fighting with. Science is something that informs me of my faith. Science is something that I see that just keeps pushing me and propelling me through this one basic belief and assumption. There is a creator. Listen, science can only take us so far when it comes to God. Science can only take you so far. You can look at it, and you can see, and you can observe. It'll take you only that far. But listen, to believe in God, you need faith. Now, I'm not saying the assumption isn't there. I'm not saying everything's not pointing there. And oh, by the way, to believe there is no God, you also need faith. I guess the way I see it is that I don't think my faith is fighting with science today. I really don't. In fact, I would argue and say, that faith begins where science ends. Let me say that again. Faith begins where science ends. Because what science is able to explore and discover about our world just keeps pointing me in the direction of saying there is a God. Now listen, if you're here and you're going, wait a minute, I don't, I, I can't just go all in and believe this because you're saying this. I get that, I get that. And I'm not even asking you to believe in a religion or a certain belief system or a sacred Bible or a person named Jesus. I'm just saying, If you look without lenses that are filtering out God, and oh, by the way, science is impartial. Science is not anti-God. It really isn't. The problem is what people are using it for, and through the lens they're looking at, they're trying to come up with a reason to discredit any existence of God. And what I would tell you is that if you look at science, it's pointing to a God. Here's what I've discovered about science. We need it. People of faith need to stop being afraid of science. I really think that. Stop being, I'm not afraid of something that people could observe to be true. Now listen, I do know there's corruption in faith and there's corruption in science. There are scientists that have recanted what they have proposed and held on to for many years because of the fame and because of fortune that it brought them. And they said they lied about it. I was talking to somebody this past week who told me they were an experiment for something at Ohio State University and that the person who turned in the information changed her information and her data, who was a part of it. And she said, I didn't have the nerve to speak up and say something about it. There's problems in religion. There's a lot of problems in science. But I believe that if we would look at it honestly, here's what I've discovered. Science can often answer how. That's what science does. How does a caterpillar become a butterfly? Science can look at that. How does the earth stay suspended perfectly in space? And we don't, how, how does it work? How does gravity, science can can inform us of this, but here's what science cannot do. Science cannot answer why. It can't answer why. Can't tell you why a new father cries the moment his child is born. Can't. Can't tell you why a mother can feel something or have this intuition about their son that is a hundred miles away when he's in trouble. Can't. It can't tell you why it is that we feel certain things when we fall in love. Why we'll do crazy things when we're in love? I mean, yeah, science can look at the brain and can tell you, yes, here's your neural pathway and here's chemicals that are going on these impulses to a certain area, which is why you're kind of feeling this. I understand all of that, but it doesn't answer why. Science can't tell us why an innocent man would be willing to die for people who aren't innocent. can't answer that so listen can science and faith coexist i'd say yes when you have this underlying assumption that science keeps pointing to that there is a god and a creator it changes everything which is by the way why a lot of scientists refuse to even look at that because by, if there is a god or creator that has so many other implications for life here's what i found faith gives meaning to what we can't answer in science science could tell you how but faith might tell you why why am i here what faith gives meaning it gives purpose it gives hope it gives those things in life and so i'm a person i like science you some of you might think this is the most boring series ever i'm fascinated by this i love reading and studying about science and all it seems to do is continue to build my faith the trust there is a god and there is a creator the reason why faith and science can coexist is this faith and science come from the same source the creator we have science because we have a creator we have faith because we have a creator And they go together now listen i'm gonna close and some of you that it's like you're waiting for like i'm waiting for the silver bullet so it's like i don't know if that was it i, I told you this is not to answer every question But here's my hope and this has kind of been what i wanted to do with this whole series it's been different it's like why are we doing kind of you know real like biblical sermons it's because i need us as a church today in the 21st century to recognize the culture that we're living in today we're living in a world that is anti-god anti-religion anti-faith we live in a world that is getting hostile toward people who have faith. And I understand that. And you need to recognize that. And you need, I wanted to give you some handles if you're a person of faith to say, how do I talk to somebody who doesn't believe? Some of you got family, you got friends, you got people at work, people at school that go, I, I don't, they don't believe in and, and, and when we get into conversations, they say, I don't care about your Bible. What do I say? That's what the series was for. I wanna give you something to begin that conversation. But then if you're someone who's been coming here and you've been doubting and you say, I don't know that I believe in God. My goal for you has been, I just wanted to give you enough of a foothold that maybe you could take a single step toward God. Maybe you started this series and you said, I'm an atheist, I'm agnostic. I'm a this, I don't I don't believe in God. My hope is that you you would just crack the door open just enough Maybe you could take a single step, a single step in the direction of God. And I want to give you an opportunity if that's you today. I want to give you, I'm not saying you got to embrace a religion and a belief system and just be like everybody at church. I'm not saying that. I just want to give you a starting point for faith that if you will honestly go on that journey, I think, I think you might find it'll change you for the better. Come on, let's pray together, both campuses. God, I pray in this moment, if there's someone here watching this now or watching it later that... Has really struggled be, to believe in you. God, I, I understand the reason why a lot of people don't believe in you is not the science. It's because they had an experience one time, a painful experience that caused them to doubt you were there. God, I pray right now for those in that place that you would give them a measure of faith. Listen, as we're here in this moment of prayer, I want to ask you maybe you don't pray to God, maybe you don't think that way, but in your mind, in your thoughts, I want to encourage you to say something just to say something it's kind of a, a way to embrace if there is a god in a single step it would be to simply say something like this god if you are there i want to believe in you god can you reveal yourself to me Will you show me who you are if you are there and you are real god would you give me the ability to see you If you just pray something like that, just say something like that, I believe it'll open the door in your mind, your heart, that God can begin. In other words, what you just did, if you prayed that, said that, is you just took those lenses off where you refused to look for God. And you put on a different pair of glasses that says, if you're there, God, show me. Father, I pray right now for all those in that place that God, you would help them launch into a journey of faith that God would change their life. And I pray for those of us, God, that have people in our lives that that maybe are in this place where they struggle with doubt and belief. I pray, God, that you would give us the words and through this series, tools to be able to, to have a conversation. And I think more than anything, God, that we would show love to people that maybe believe differently than we do. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, come on, let's thank God for his love today. Amen.